Okay, uh, hello and welcome to uh, yet again another episode of the Wild Runners podcast. Um, as always, myself, Colin, and old man Dan uh, on the line. How, how are you, mate? You, do you have a nice, uh, nice walk getting ready for your holiday today? Yeah, yeah, it was a nice 18k walk this morning. Yeah. Yeah, time to start packing. That's it's it. Less than two weeks now to a fly out, so fast approaching. It's going to be a good one. Um, and we're joined by um, Jesse and Sean from Team Grits uh, OCR today. Uh, so, guys, how are you? Uh, good. Thanks so much for having us. We are making the most of the sunshine. I've heard that it lasts for about a week in England, so that makes us well at three days left, I think. So. Oh, I think yeah, you're pushing it. Good, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lovely day yesterday. I was out racing yesterday, and um, it started off quite overcast, but then the sun really came out. I was like in Derbyshire doing it. So, is that good or bad mid-race? Um, it's better than being freezing cold. Valid. So, yeah, and agree. To be fair, there was shed loads of mud and water. So if I did get yeah. hot, I, it was 5k loop. So I knew within like half an hour I'd be going in some water. So it was no. it was fine. And how did you get on? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a lapped one, which I've never I've never done a lapped like race before. Um so yeah, it was a, a one called overload. Uh-huh. Um which is in, in Derbyshire, so it's a little small independent one. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Like, nice. sort of some good good obstacles on there. Um, they put a fake crocodile in the water at the end of the slide, which I didn't see going down the slide. And then when I popped out, it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Brilliant. Is uh, there a photographer at that moment? Because that is a photo that I would love to see. If, if it is captured on camera, I will share it. Perfect. Because there, 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 was, there was a photographer at the water, but I think they were concentrating on when you sort of swam under something and over something. So I don't know if they actually got the look of terror. Oh, shame. But no, if it is, I, I will definitely share it. Perfect. Yeah, that did, uh, that did, did make me jump. Uh, I don't know if you guys know the... the sort of holiday that I keep digging down about he's actually um doing a, a challenge where he's climbing Kilimanjaro <clears throat> and then doing a oh. course race on the top of it amazing that so, is yeah. I think I've, I think I was hearing about this did you find some gloves in the end yes yeah I perfect did. yeah it took a while uh, I've got bet. some of the little cheap builders ones as well okay it's gonna be hard to know what grip to go for because it could potentially be like blizzards or or like well into the minuses or it could be plus degrees so if it's plus degrees i'll just use my bare hands yeah i've never used gloves before because i always just like the grip of my hands because i like just feeling the bars so <clears throat> i mean you've got a great rig in the background so i'm assuming yeah, you've been practicing it's, yeah it's been helpful but say so it's just always bare hands again so uh, you've got to get those gloves tested <laughs> i have yeah <laughs> I just need the cold weather to quickly happen here. Yeah. Just for like a couple, <laughs> hey, no, of, couple no. of mornings. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only got, just, well, according, to, according to Jesse, we've got three more days of summer. So, you know. Well, there you go. And then it'll be yeah, winter. So yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and Sean, congratulations on your podium last weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just about back to, to human life from it. It was, uh, it was fun, but it was not as a. Uh, casual an event as i thought it was gonna oh. be <laughs> it was yeah very very serious as they like i think i was probably one of about three people in the entire place about a solid eight pack and <laughs> several years of like competitive experience but it was good fun oh no good no congratulations well, i was really really happy for you when i saw the, saw you on the podium so but yeah have you been uh, walking around like john wayne a little bit this week 
yeah just everything like i can't even tell you which part of me felt worse it was just atrocious you didn't really walk from monday to tuesday no, yeah did I, I didn't move off the sofa for three days like but yeah back to normal now kind of yeah that's it no no congratulations was it all because they i didn't really know about this one until i saw you literally there doing it was it like was it an obstacle course race that you did or was it more sort of like the strength side uh, that you did? so it was both Okay. So Saturday was yeah that's why I've struggled so much so Saturday was uh what I podiumed in was the games which was five different events over the day almost like CrossFit workouts um, yeah like a mix of like like aerobic strongman is what I'd say it was like strongman but be it like longer term than just like single power output um which was pretty torturous and then the Sunday was probably the hardest OCR I've ever done I did the OCR too and I would second that it was not technical so not really rigs or anything like that like anyone could have got through it but it was basically like a Spartan stadium as in like technique wise yeah Spartan stadium on crack like I have never climbed so many stairs in my entire life they sent you into the well first it was like six or seven quite heavy carries yeah. so the, the women... first like kilometer was like a an obstacle course wasn't it yeah. kind of like you'd run there'd be like some walls and stuff like mm. that felt like heavy carries so heavy the women's carries. weight was 40 kilos but the sandbags had been left in the rain all day so it was probably uh, closer to 45 kilos yeah um and then after that you went into the stadium yeah. and then it just became like an absolute suffer fest so it was just hundreds of flights of stairs into box jumps like ropes um rowers and then once you've done all of that they were like so now more stairs and here's a weighted backpack for you as well (laughs) and then you got into this massive concourse which people have now named the hallway of horrors which is basically how far along do you think it was well it was so it's what you basically did was you crawled up and back one way then you lunged up and back and then you burpee broad jumped up and back and I counted my lunges and I did 131 lunges. So it's like probably about 170, 180 meters of each of those exercises, just torture. It was, it took me like just over an hour to do the 5K. It was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but good fun. I'd recommend it. it was yeah, good, I've never cool. seen a slower 5K. Like <laughs> the winning time was like 57 <laughs> minutes for 5K. Wow. It was bonkers. That, that yeah, does sound brutal. <laughs> what, what stadium was it? Aston in Bristol yeah Aston oh, okay. something so it was one of the local Bristol stadiums okay I'm not familiar with not know. a huge one it's oh, where okay. the Bristol football team played yeah. like it's Bristol FC basically or yeah it, yeah it was really cool really nice stadium like really interesting to be in there and stuff but yeah to be honest all I could tell you about it was it's got a really long concourse and a lot of stairs (laughs) (laughs) and the lifts don't work (laughs) so so if you ever get invited to go to watch Bristol Football Club you'll just be like no I'm not going (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it's just good to have races back like I'm sure you guys Uh, feel the same I will take whatever in whatever format you want to throw at me right now (laughs) bring it on (laughs) it was was one of the best event weekends Mm -hmm. I've done in a long time really really good fun really really good vibe like just hard (laughs) as well but like like you guys know when you do something that's that hard everyone sort of bonds a little bit Mm -hmm. like you finish and everyone's there like can you believe how hard that was wasn't that awful like and you're all stood there like and I say like really fit people at this event Mm -hmm. like everyone and just like everyone's having the same like I can't believe how bad that was like I thought it was going to be a nice little 5k a few stairs 
and it was just insane we brought a couple of friends with us and one of our friends that did the OCR with me we started at the same time and I was like don't worry love it's gonna be like entry OCR we'll just have a little thimble round and I turned her in this hallway while we're both doing these burpee broad jumps I'm like I am so sorry (laughs) that's all good fun (laughs) we did the 5k didn't we but there was people doing the 10k and one of my clients was doing the 10k and beforehand I like I had no idea what the OCR was going to be like I was like it was 10k it says entry level just run it really hard like go out hell to leather smash it and I saw him after his first lap and he was like what is this and, it's and I worth was like saying the 10k was just two laps yeah, of the two 5k the course same. so all of those stairs were just doubled yeah yeah so like lots of people I think only about 15 people out of everyone that entered the 10k actually went out for a second lap yeah so they really? said at the start line, look, like, look, if you get to the end of 5K and you don't want to do anymore, you can tap out. You can still have your medal. You won't be on the leaderboard for anything, obviously, because you've not finished. But if you don't want to keep going, you can stop. And like, again, like, people that are fit times. and like yeah. that you'd see do well at other OCRs were just like, no, five is enough. I'm done. Yeah. Crazy times. But it was yeah. good. Yeah, that's it. The weird thing is Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're a weird bunch. Oh, yeah that's it my, my wife thinks I'm crazy for some of the stuff I do <laughs> like I've got bruises and everything all over me from yesterday and she's just like you know you've done that for, to yourself for fun and you paid money for it that's the bit <laughs> exactly. that always my family yeah. you paid to do this yeah it wasn't as bad as some of the races I've done where I'm questioning my decision making skills like mid-race that's when I'm that's when I'm like why have I signed up to do this but then you get finished you get the medal and it's like it's all all good yeah, and two days later, you're, you're like, oh, I'll never do that again. And then two days later, you're like, right, so when's, when's the next one? And what am I signing up for now? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, normally the messages I send to Dan is sending him a, an ultra or something I've seen, like, because I really want to do one. So I'm not sort of like sending him ultras. I find going, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Once you've done, you've got to keep just going longer or harder or more competitive. That's <laughs> you've it. got to up-level somehow. That's it. <laughs> Um, I mean, so what kind of obviously the little got all tongue tied. What I kind of wanted to do with this was kind of go, go into your personal background, sort of like how you got into OCR and you know the, the reasons why you, you you know you're obviously you're both so so good at it, but then also where like the the team grip sort of came from. So, I mean, how initially did you both sort of stumble into this weird sport that we seem to have where we all. So uh, when we were in Singapore, I was working at an F45 gym, like just group classes and stuff. Um, And one of the girls that was there said, oh, I've signed up for this Spartan race. Like, should we do it as a team for the gym? And we were like... I think it's worth saying at this point that me and Sean used to be hella fat. So (laughs) we've lost a lot of weight. Um, So we'd kind of got to the point where we'd lost a lot of weight and had kind of started the gym, but we were doing that kind of token bro gym session where you'd go, you'd do a few bicep curls, you'd sit on the machines, do some chest press, and then that would kind of be the extent of it, wouldn't it? So we kind of one day, pull the next day, legs. Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But bearing in mind on how far we'd come, I think we maybe perceived ourselves to have more fitness than we did. So then when they were like, 5K, we were like, yeah, sure, sounds like fun, off we go. Yeah, and we also, (laughs) like, I say to a lot of people, like, we were training with people that were less fit than us as well. So you're looking at that in a bubble going, yeah, "Yeah, we're the fittest people in this room, great. 
And it's only when you actually do something <laughs> that you realize you're not that fit. But yeah, so one girl said, oh, like, let's do this. And we were sort of like, okay, let's get a team together. And I think about 20 of us did it. Yeah, quite, quite a lot of us went like, none of us had any idea what we were doing. So like had never seen it before, <laughs> didn't know what it was. Like I say, all, all gym people all thought we were fit, got there, like we had matching t-shirts, all that sort of stuff. And then we set off. I was wearing a pair of CrossFit weightlifting shoes. Like, like it was just <laughs> carnage. We, it, and it was an easy 5K course. Like it's the easiest one I've ever done. If I was to go it back was, now, yeah, it, it would be so yeah. easy. But it was brutal. It was terrible. Like an hour and 40 minutes later and hundreds of burpees for a sprint. And we were both just like, why it was so embarrassing. bad at? like you know when you're like oh I'm actually genuinely embarrassed at my performance and I'd kind of like one of my best friends Leanne I thought I was a similar level of fitness to her I was so tragically wrong so trying to keep up with her I like obviously Singapore's hot so genuinely felt like my skin was going to burst into flames <laughs> I was so overheated so I basically got to the end and was like I'm not having that like I'm absolutely not gonna let that be my OCR performance like I need redemption so we kind of turned it on and, and started training properly didn't we yeah well there was sort of a weird year wasn't there because like we did that one in like the March April time and then sorry of, I, of, of what year Sean uh 2018 2018 or 2017 no 2018 2018 2018 so yeah like we did that one and then it there wasn't really any others and then there was a beast in like the December of that year and you'd had a knee injury so you can't run in very far mm, I think the thing that you find in Asia is that because it like Singapore's so tiny they had like one race a year so lots of people traveled because it's really cheap to travel but until you're kind of until you've really got the bug like the idea of traveling to Thailand or seems ludicrous yeah. for a race so we just didn't really entertain it to do it until the next Singapore one rolled around yeah well I went to the one in Malaysia so there was one that was just like a 40 minute drive over the border into Malaysia and I went to one of the other guys in the gym did the beast and like just going into it knowing what to expect more sort of came back and was like oh no it was actually really fun like we could do this yeah we like actually knowing what we we're doing like doing some running beforehand like knowing what the obstacles actually were was like actually this will be really good fun when's the next one in in singapore and then that's when we did the sentosa one yes. on the beach so then singapore did it on its on its reclaimed beach was the next one uh, and was that a sprint again it was a super mm. yeah it was it was, was it? a super because it was when they told us it was going to be 10 and it was so standard like you know nowadays it's fun they're like it's a 10k race and you're like sure anywhere yeah. between 10 and 50 like sure yeah. whereas I had like desperately prepared so the first the Sentosa race that John's talking about was my first kind of like okay I'll go I'll do an age group race and I'll see actually like where I can stack up and I'd been putting in some training but not necessarily like fully devoted to spot I just basically added in some running because until that like until we did the first race I'd never run longer than like a kilometer um so kind of stepped the running game up decided that it was worth giving it a go um put way too much pressure on myself and kind of got in my head a bit too much with it all um but yeah so on the start line they turn around and they're like okay so it's a 10k race so I remember thinking okay right, brilliant like I can just get through 10k I'll be able to do it so race goes I'm like race my little heart out trying to run on sand and trying to desperately keep up with these other girls that have gone out in my age group and 
was absolutely redlining from the start. It's like the first time I've really experienced it. So I'm just just trying to hold on and keep my lungs inside my body. And then I look down at my watch and I'm like, okay, 9K, okay, I've got a kilometer to go, let's speed up. So I'm like, okay, great. So running a little bit faster, 10K ticks over and I'm like, not only is there no finish line in sight, I know that I've still got about five obstacles during this race. <laughs> like, this is not good. I have very little energy left. So I managed to kind of desperately hang on to body parts and, and cross the finish line. And I was just absolutely dead. And it ended up being about 11 and a half, closer to yeah. 12, um, which had not planned for and did not have necessarily the energy to last. But... Uh, so I came across the finish line in fourth and I don't know whether you guys like fourth for me is the the worst I would rather come last than come fourth because you're like you can see the podium it was really close but actually no one cares that you came fourth so from that point I was officially hooked um and it was the rest of the year racing age group and that actually went quite well and we kind of both would look at it and Sean took over my coaching um started putting a program together for me and then the age group went a lot better than and then we'd either both kind of expected yeah. so then it was a bit like okay so the next year maybe I'll move to Elite and actually they had a stadium race so it was the first stadium in Singapore and at the time my training was kind of more probably more functional fitness than running so actually the idea of a stadium race for me was probably going to be the, the best chance I had at doing well um so kind of signed up to the stadium Sean and my dad managed to convince me that I was going to have a go at racing elite kind of expected hopefully a top 10 thought that might be quite realistic um raced ended up having to go they do stadiums in like waves of 10 and I'd got put into the back wave because I'd never raced an elite race before and so basically just went out redlined again from the start (laughs) my heart rate reaches some incredible highs during races (laughs) Um, and yeah, across the finish line, didn't really know where I was at, hadn't really kind of managed to keep the time difference in my head. I was just basically thinking like, just run as fast as you can. Um, and they, yeah, put a third place, like provisional thing around my neck. And I was like, holy crap. (laughs) And then actually because of the time difference, I ended up being bumped to second, not third, because obviously I'd started a minute behind. Um, and that was like the moment of oh my actual god I can be someone who didn't do any sports at school had no fitness and actually if I put some effort into this it's, it's actually going quite well so that was it stuck with elite in Asia and then obviously moving back here there's a lot more competition in England compared to in Asia um so I'm just kind of trying to work out where I fit in England now and and kind of claw back to the girls here are so far <laughs> so fast so we're working on the running but yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah but you got that third place at midlands it was that wasn't it that was great yeah yeah i can remember filming you when you did it <laughs> i don't know anyone was more shocked than me in that minute so yeah that was that real i think i'd been putting a lot of pressure on myself and especially because obviously i'd been on the pro team in in asia and they'd moved it over when i moved back here um so it was definitely that moment of, oh, goodness, am I actually going to be good enough to deserve this spot? Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that Midlands race was crazy. It literally all came down to the last few seconds. And as always, bloody spear throw. So I was just, um, yeah, very, very lucky 
Can I call it luck? No, Spear throw is luck. No, it's not luck. Okay, well, it was great that I made my. I'm not allowed. You've to got to be. You, 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 you've got to be there to take advantage of it. I think that's. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay. That's, that's the way I look at it. You know, it played out well for me. Yeah, there is no luck involved. <laughs> in spear, you, th- if there is any obstacle that is luck, <laughs> there is no luck involved. You train hard to give yourself the best chance to complete obstacles. If you there's no luck involved in it, you do hard running into obstacles so that you're able to get your heart rate down and complete that obstacle. I would agree with you for every other obstacle except spear throw. Okay. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> we won't. I'm right. Yeah. No, to be fair, you're talking to someone who, who has got a spear and will be and hopefully tomorrow we'll be building myself some sort of target to practice nice. it because those burpees for spear throw oh, were not they're the fun. worst. They're like but, the I think they're burpees of shame because it's always in front of everyone. You know, it's never like at the back end of the course where you can do them like in private. Yeah, just like, everyone watching. Oh yeah, yeah. you missed your spear. And <laughs> great, right on the finish line too. Yeah, that's it. So it's like burpees of. Sh- it's like Game of Thrones. You can just imagine people going shame, shame, shame to you, <laughs> couldn't you? But they don't because they all empathise because they all missed their spear. Yeah, that's, well, <laughs> so it's fine. L- luckily none of my mates are there because they they're, they're the sort of assholes that would heckle me sort of oh, stuff fair. whilst I'm doing it. So, <laughs> but I do the same to them if given the opportunity. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, what was it that you you liked about sort of obstacle course or spy racing? What? So yeah. many things. I think the community was a big one. Yeah. Um, just having that kind of because, and we all went down together. We did that team event first, and everyone was so friendly. Volunteers were great, and then it was just that. I don't know. It's like. Running race is one thing, isn't it? But realistically, you know, when you're setting off, you've, you've got yourself a running race. And, and especially when I then got more competitive, I knew that realistically, I was never looking at being competitive in a 5K, 10K running race because it's just too late in the game. But OCR keeps it interesting because you've got to have so many different skills. It keeps your training varied. So I don't have to just be going out and doing running. I've got to actually, I can boulder and I can go and do trail runs and I can do strength sessions and actually that keeps it really interesting and then you've got that kind of competitive aspect where you've got different race distances you've got different race formats and actually that's quite interesting and then for us in Asia it was a great chance to travel as well like we'd be going over to like I say there was races in Thailand and Malaysia um different parts like we did a race in Sarawak and I did the ultra and they ran us through the orangutan sanctuary so you're running through with orangutans over your head going like this is pretty cool like mm. i'd rather do this than a normal holiday and then obviously i like i'm quite a competitive person so it kind of ticks that box as well so it just had everything we were kind of looking for i guess yeah i mean yeah for me it's different like for me it's it's a sport i can do where i can train how i want but it still forces me to do some fitness stuff as well because I'd still be just deadlifting every day and <laughs> not doing a lot else but it forces me to do some running and some like like fitness work rather than just strength work and have a like a fun reason to do it rather than just yeah I'm gonna go trudge along the pavements for an hour every day or whatever and it's also like I would say like OCR is the great equalizer like just being a really skinny fast runner doesn't mean anything if someone sends you up a 500 meter bucket carry like if you can't get the hercoist off the floor if you can't do a set of monkey bars you can beat me by 10 minutes in a 5k but we're much more equal in that footing which is just more fun for me like like i just said like getting to see lots of skills tested versus a single skill is always more interesting and especially as a coach like 
it's more fun to plan for it's more fun to program for like you have to sort of say what how do we get the best out of everyone when we've got a limited number of days in the week and hours in the day when they've got to be ready to be able to do heavy carries but not be too heavy so they can still do monkey bars but be heavy enough that they can do the hurt hoist but so we fit enough that they can run up hills like it's just so much fun yeah and that hurt hoist is difficult like i was yeah. surprised at how heavy the men's weight is so different to the women's weight for yeah. like the women's obstacle isn't too tricky but the we've seen big guys hanging yeah. off of it it's not moving we've anything. got a, a video of one from that sentosa race we were talking about my friend harrison weighed i think he weighed about 98 kilo, uh, 89 kilos at that point and we've got a video of him with his feet on the fence and he's leant all the way back and it's not moving <laughs> yeah so it's more than 90 kilos that he had to try and lift and he was like no wonder i couldn't do it like well, there was one point at Marston where I was literally horizontal with my feet on the, and I was like, shouldn't be <laughs> that heavy. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not the biggest of, I mean, I think I probably weigh around I don't know, 75 kilos, something like that. I, I don't weigh myself, but probably around that. And I'm like, why the hell isn't this thing moving? Like, yeah, it's my, like, I always give everyone the same tip for a hurtquist. If you see someone finish a hurtquist, use <laughs> the it. same bag. <laughs> that's what, that's what you said to me. Yeah, the, the pulleys don't always line up so yeah it's yeah. worth taking that couple of seconds to see which ones are, are moving yeah and like there's no i always say like i'll always look for the easiest one why like <laughs> why would you go for the hardest like yeah. you want to do the easiest possible hurt yeah. like they're hard enough yeah and then i guess the more that we got into it it was kind of a weird transition period in terms of setting up team grip because we obviously like sean was a pt so he was doing coaching and he was working with clients but it wasn't necessarily ocr focused and then the more we got into racing you then did your sgx sgx certification um and then got you started to lead coaching sessions so i guess they don't really do them here in singapore they do kind of like group training sessions so i guess because everyone's in the same place you would just have a time and a date and everyone would go down and then they do like a big group spartan training session which is always quite cool so then Sean started to lead some of them and then we kind of started to realize that actually my performance was going a lot better than we thought which obviously had to be we were doing something right <laughs> like as someone who had never competed in anything ever um there was obviously something going well so then it was kind of like well this is a really nice community everyone gives so much to us we'd started to volunteer at races we'd started to do a bit of staffing and refing at races so it was kind of a how can we help um from there so yeah we sat we sat in my school over a weekend using the computers set up a website and just thought well if we put some blogs out and one person reads them then that could be helpful and if it becomes much more than that then so be it and yeah launched the website and yeah it was great it started to kind of pick up took on a few clients started doing kind of seeing people at races and sorry my <laughs> dog is all over the place he's gorgeous um, <laughs> he is very gorgeous he's very noisy aren't you yes, good boy. um yeah and then it's kind of grown steadily and then we obviously had a bit of a transition period where COVID we were, happened. well before that we moved but well yeah i suppose it all kind of happened yeah. in one but yeah covid happened which we kind of get it if you haven't got any races coming up and you haven't got anything to train for there's the first thing that goes and, and that totally made sense so yeah things kind of quietened down for a bit and then recently I think we obviously I was at Marston Lodge and met a few people that was a good chance to kind of 
network and stuff with people in the UK. And then, yeah, we're kind of back. We've taken on some great clients recently, um, some really, really cool people. We actually ran an athlete development plan, obviously, Colin, you know, um, and that's been great. And so we've set up some exciting stuff from that. And yeah, it's all going really yeah. well. It's just nice to, I like any excuse to talk fitness. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. who will talk to me about obstacles raising? My family are bored stiff. <laughs> yeah, I say for me, it was just a, like I was coaching, like Jess said, and I was doing lots of, oh, let's get you ready for this specific party you want to go to and let's help you lose five pounds and let's do all of this and like the training I was giving those people I was still trying to get them towards OCR style training but like when your goals are weight loss and that sort of thing you're not really dedicated and so launching team grit sort of meant we could go no these are the clients we're training now like this is what we're doing like we're training clients for obstacle course racing not just training people to try and lose a few pounds and and i think that should be i'm not saying that it should be obstacle course racing but you tend to find a lot of the time that the people that do want to lose five pounds and it was the same for me like i got so fixated on aesthetic goals to the point that at one point before i did ocr it was debating going down the road of like bikini like standing on stage in a bikini and how much weight could i lose because that was the only thing like when I started losing weight I went to Slimming World and everything was kind of measured in there was a woman who ran my Slimming World club who would either like clap if I'd lost weight or I'd get like the absolute stink eye (laughs) if there'd been weeks that I hadn't lost weight so everything was focused on that so then for me the next step was like okay well then it's a case of how much weight can I lose I guess so what is there that I can compete in with that okay well it's bikini like competing and then I found OCR and I was like, okay, my training actually has a purpose now. And it was when it had that real focus. And then actually I realized that my body was changing for better, but actually it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be skinny and look great in a bikini. It was that I actually wanted to be strong and I wanted to be able to lift a really heavy bucket. And I wanted to be able to do hercoist without just hanging off of the rope. And actually I think for a lot of women, that's really healthy in the terms of like, it gives you something to focus on that isn't just, how do I look in this picture, which I think becomes too much of a media thing anyway. Yeah, it's funny you say that because only last week, myself and Dan, something had popped up on Instagram and it was like, you know, lose lose inches around your waist or yeah. something like that. And it was just like... Gene sizes, wasn't it? It's how it was yeah. promoted. It's okay. just like so bad that I hate that sort of stuff yeah Um, and I've got an 18 year old sister and I just think I just don't want that to be the message that or the only thing that is important is how much weight you can lose like it's such it's just not it's not the focus at all yeah you know I like what sort of Joe Wick says you know don't of course the scales are sad step don't even go on them just you you know it is (laughs) you know I mean just kind of go by you know how you feel how you look in the mirror how your clothes fit that sort of stuff you know set down some measurements if you want to yeah. you know you know how, how quick can you do a certain run or something like that that sort mm. of stuff and that was what we just, found wasn't yeah. it it was that it was then that focus of, well I want to be able to go to a race I want to be able to perform well so I need to eat right for that and I need to feel myself and I need to make sure that I'm resting and getting enough sleep and it suddenly became like a more important healthy focus that rather than just oh, I need to eat chicken and broccoli and, and try and shift some weight there's no fun in that at all is there we actually did a cut once (laughs) 
<laughs> we only ate chicken and broccoli, literally. And chicken, broccoli. broccoli and steak and broccoli. But it was when we first moved to Singapore and we didn't have a microwave. And Sean um, was waiting for all his like work passes to come through. So I was going to work. We basically on a Sunday would make like just hundreds of Tupperwares of the same boring meal. Um, and so I would go into work and I would heat mine up in the microwave. But Sean didn't have a microwave at home. So he was just eating cold chicken and broccoli day after day yeah. <laughs> it became that like, like a, that sounds like a bad time <laughs> didn't lose that much weight didn't do that much fitness was just miserable don't really like steak anymore <laughs> or broccoli or broccoli <laughs> we don't recommend that no, no that was long before i knew what i was doing fitness wise and stuff i mean with, with your first of all what does sgx stand for because i've seen uh, Spartan like... group exercise. Okay, so it's like a Spartan <laughs> yeah. qualification. Yeah. So what? So I was really lucky. Um, so what it normally is is, I mean, to be perfectly candid, it's a bit of a shit fitness course add-on. So, like, they'll let anyone do it. You don't have to be a PT. You can just pass this quick test online, and they're like, "Great, you know enough about fitness to be an SGX coach. You can do this course now." which most of the time is all online. Like it's not bad. Like it's the guy that set it up. Dr. Jeff Gooden is a really smart guy, but it's not, it's not a great course. Like it worked really well for me in terms of, I already had proper fitness qualifications and knew what I was doing. And it just. It's a bolt on. Yeah. It, it added on that, like just gave me a few little bits of knowledge for how to adjust that to obstacle course racing when I started, but we were lucky. So Joe, uh, DI, not Joe DeSena, who was like the head of all the fitness side of Spartan at one point, came out to Singapore and hosted like the two day course. So the group of us that did it there did a proper two day course with him, like learning like all properly, which was great. But for the most part, it's a, an online thing. It's it's not super detailed. It's it's good to do if you already do all the fitness stuff, or it's actually good to do if you don't know anything. And it gives you some base, but it's, it's a weird qualification. Like I don't, I don't really know what to say about it. Like, I'm glad I did it. That opened some really cool doors for me. I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone necessarily, but I also wouldn't say don't do it. Like if someone said they were going to do it, I'd be like, cool, sounds good. Um, but what it meant for us and for me particularly was that I then worked with Spartan Singapore um, with a couple of the other guys I did the course with. We were the head coaches for, um spartan in singapore uh and then in malaysia and then vietnam so it meant like we went out to vietnam and we covid stopped the actual race happening they still haven't had their first race two and a bit years later but we we basically did their first ever group workout for spartan there with like 150 people um which was amazing like just a big group class like some obstacle technique stuff sorry Sure, got allergies. Oh, I think I've developed hay fever for the first time in 30 years oh. this weekend. I've never had it before. My nose won't stop running. I can't stop coughing. We're really lucky for everyone listening to this audio. Yeah, sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, so like it's it's basically it's just Spartans. It's Spartans' way of getting a bit of money out of you yeah. to get a little sticker and a title. Um, like in the US, they use their SGX coaches a lot better than the rest of the world. Like you do coached heaps, you're paid to go out in a heat and coach 
It gave you there. some insight with obstacle technique. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't bad, but it's not. I'd say it adds very little value as a coach, mm-hmm. and it. Yeah, in the US, it's much more used. They have group classes. They have coached heats they have uh, like a directory where you can find your sgx coach all that sort of stuff is really good outside of the us like a lot of stuff it's sort of just a title and nothing else really okay um yeah it was handy for me when we started because i didn't know that much about ocr and stuff so it was really good to get that direct first-hand knowledge and it's been super beneficial in developing like our style of training for team grit um but yeah as far as what sgx is it just it spawns group qualification thing. Yeah. And just something you mentioned there, obviously I've kind of, I've been through it, but what would you sort of say your style of, of training and and coaching is without giving to, you know, don't feel like you have to give a load oh, away. No, we're, we're, I think yeah. we're probably more honest than most. I always yeah. get told off for sharing too much, but I just, yeah. that's why we started it. Like, I mean, it's always great when people come to us for coaching, but the reason that we did it was to develop a community. So I think we put a lot, we're always quite happy to share, aren't we? Yeah. But I don't like, I'll always tell everyone, like, we, I, like I've said to you before, yeah. um, I'll say to everyone, listen, I believe what we do is the, the way to train for OCR. Um, I think it's, we, we combine like the, the principles of endurance running with uh, like functional fitness and intensity that, is what OCR is. Um, so like we do, we do work to build aerobic capacity while maintaining the ability to hit high heart rate threshold work and still recover and continue to perform. Um, so like a lot of the training is, uh, I think I've had to say it without just going through a whole week of training. <laughs> Basically what we do is we, we, we train for OCR <laughs> And I think what a lot of people don't do is they don't train for OCR. A lot of people train for 10Ks or marathons and do some obstacle practice. I think a lot of people are training for OCR isolated. So they're doing obstacles, Mm. they're doing running, but they're not necessarily always getting used to how it feels when you're absolutely tanking in a race and you need to kind of keep pushing and how it feels to get off of an obstacle and then be able to run rather than having just practiced how to do hand changes in your garden on on a bar so it tends to be that kind of compromised high-end session which can we combine with the lower intensity stuff but i think we kind of push it a bit more than yeah i like i always say like i go by the results of my clients and like jess was my first client (laughs) she obviously did really well everyone else i've worked with has outperformed what they thought they were capable of and it's like i like i truly believe that in five ten years when ocr is a more like well well rounded out sport that it's gonna be how people train it's gonna be you do your easy long runs you do your trail runs you do interval work you do like functional fitness you do all that sort of stuff combined and it allows you to perform um, because what I find like I've I've worked with people that have wanted to be do OCR but they also really like like marathon running and they're the best at holding a 430 pace on the flat road and they can do that all day without ever really getting tired but you ask them to jump over a wall and all of a sudden they can't hit 430 again to save their life and they're questioning everything they've ever thought was possible and 
like they just don't know what they're doing anymore because suddenly their heart rate has gone we're not at a steady 148 beats per minute mm -hmm. you're at 170 something now and they don't know what to do 200 plus if you mean oh yeah <laughs> my heart rate goes really high so we basically mine does, mine does. yeah <laughs> we designed the whole training i designed the whole training around what ocr actually does to your body and there are outliers like when you're doing spartan ultras anything like 50k like something like a world's toughest mudder like that sort of endurance is a bit different training but the principles are it's going to be hard get used to the stuff. get used to it like yeah <laughs> but yeah like i say you've you've done some training on this like you've seen sort of roughly what yeah what yeah. it looks like would you say that's a fair a fair sort of assessment yeah of what we do? definitely and what i would say is the well first of all um i threw quite a few curveballs at you when i was training with you with some <laughs> dumbass long races but and that's real like, life isn't it like that's how things yeah, play out yeah literally had, had them booked in so you know hey you got me through that sort of month still being able to walk uh, which <laughs> I, when i saw them coming i was like this is going to be if i can walk at the end of this i'll be pleased with that but the actual spartan races which is what we were focusing on um they went better than i thought they would do i mean they, they weren't easy you know i'm not going to say they they were but quite a few of the obstacles where I thought I could potentially be doing burpees for this or, you know, I'm going to struggle with that. Um, again, not easy, but, mm. you know, I was quite surprised with how sort of well I got through them. If it helps, I'm a few years in and they're still not easy. No. Yeah. I, I always say to people, if they're easy, it normally just Try means harder. that you were not like at a hundred, like you weren't a hundred percent effort. Like yeah. no one ever finishes a race and goes, that was easy <laughs> if they've tried. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. But no, no, I, I, I really enjoyed the coaching. Hence why I, you know, when you asked me about the athlete development program, I was, you know, really pleased to come on. Although I'm, I'm dreading looking at what's on my phone with it being test week, what you said to me, because <laughs> that just sounds, that, that sounds horrible. It's especially horrible. So it, like just completely out of like chance, I was just like looking through the programming today and almost everyone I coach and like the athlete group and everyone are doing test weeks in the next two or three weeks that's okay <laughs> so they can just, all hate you together I've, yeah i've just got every <laughs> single person i work with ready to hate me <laughs> is that like a sort of bond villain going right I've been, I've, I've been really aching this week what can i do to make myself feel better i know i'm going to throw in some uh, some test weeks for people i'm going to sit here and stroke out of this and just laugh at all the uh, painful pictures and messages i'm seeing <laughs> giving away my secrets <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to make me feel better <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah to be fair i feel better that i'm not doing them so <laughs> yeah no but i think it's good it just even like you know a time trial or something it's worth having putting a marker down before you start something isn't it because then you've got something to measure it at yeah six eight you know however long you, you do you, you can you can measure it can't you yeah, yeah. and that's like it's like the equivalent of progress photos isn't it you want to be able to track and i think that's where is really important with OCR because it is such varied training, which is why, so just from context of the people listening, the athlete development program, we've started a separate group program, which is working with um, a number of athletes who actually applied with really similar goals. So yeah. planning the program, the problem that you have with OCR sometimes is that you find it what I do. And I find it hard to see if I'm making progress because my training is so varied and it, and that's what, the beauty of it is but it also makes it hard to see if you're getting better so actually it's one thing if you're training for a 5k 
you know your 5k pb you know you've got to run and beat that that's a really easy kind of benchmark to throw down whereas the reason that we've got a few different tests over the week is because ocr isn't as simple as that so you need those varied benchmarks to be able to then say okay well is this a true representation of the progress that i'm making because obviously everyone wants to see progress like you wouldn't train with someone if you didn't think they were going to get you any better it would be pointless so yeah. that's when they become and i'd say that to anyone like coaching with us or not coaching with us like plan yourself a little workout that is a representation of compromise running so doing some kind of workouts into running into the type of format and use that every couple of weeks or every couple of months to, to see if you are actually progressing and and kind of keep that as your one thing that is consistent so you can always come back to it because especially when there's no races like that was something that I found really tricky Sean loves living with me it's great babe I, I just don't feel like I've made any progress and he's like get your training journal out and we went back through like two weeks and I was like I've so, been <laughs> I was just gonna tell this story so after about a month of listening to Jess say it's all oh, awful. It's all everything's shit. shit. My fitness is shit. My training's <laughs> shit. Everything's shit. I said, like, you tell me after each session that it's not shit. So let's just go back. And she got her journal out. We went back and we did four weeks. And after every session, felt oh. better than I thought I would. Was stronger than I thought I was. Was faster than I thought I was. Really good session. And I was like, so what is happening where you're like, every session is good, but every week Turns you out think is shit. COVID is just really hard mentally. Who oh, knew? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. And like, with no races for nearly two years, it's, like, yeah, you just get in your happened. own head. Like, I just kept being like, oh my God. And when the races do come back, there's going to be so much pressure. And I just have no way of knowing. And I'm in a new country. And that seems really intense. But yeah, I did have that slightly like resigned face of every time I went through a new week, I'd be like, oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> I guess I'm doing better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, like, I always say with OCR as so, well, like, you could do a Spartan sprint every month. And you're still not getting a replicable test mm. like it's a different like you guys have done them i imagine most people listening have done at least some sort of ocr where you know that the course isn't going to be the same and even if the course is the same the weather's not going to be the same and you might get the wrong pulley on the hercoist or the monkey bars might be slightly differently spaced or a little bit moist or there's a bit of mud on one so you're never really being able to test your ability perfectly which mm. is why I put and we put so much important on importance on those benchmark tests because that's our way of being like, well, let's see what this is. Let's see what this is because you're not necessarily going to be able to run like if you run one sprint and it takes you 45 minutes and then you run another one and it takes you an hour, mm. but you place better in the one that takes an hour and you felt better in it. Like it's very hard to actually get concrete data out of that. Whereas we can set some tests up that mean we can take something from what you're doing. Yeah. Because I think even if you, I mean, the course that they had at Midlands this year, when we go back next year, it's going to be a different course. Mm. You know, so straight away, it's not the same race. The obstacle is going to be in different places. Yeah. The actual layout of the course is going to be different. Throw which, in the weather, which, which, yeah. is why, which is why we probably like it. Exactly. And that's what different. I was going to say. That's what keeps it interesting. But it obviously means from a training point of view, you just have to be a little bit clever with, with how you're prepping yeah. for it. Yeah, it's not like you're training for you know just stretch people, but you know, road marathon or you know, road 10k where you know it's going to be relatively flat. You can literally go out your front door and train on the terrain you're going to be running on in any weather, so you can get used to everything. It's yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a weird thing to train for, isn't it? Yeah, and I like 
marathon running is not easy to train for no but it is easier to program for mm. like as a coach it's much easier to program for just getting someone up to 42 kilometers and then gradually like increasing their pace for that 42 kilometers keeping their fitness there from a coaching perspective that's much easier like and the the science is all out there the research is all out there mm. on how to do that there's like guys that have been training the same way for 20 30 years that are still the best marathoners in the world so you can look at that and go well, that works mm. ocr doesn't have that no like you've got people winning that are like i don't really run at all i just do mountain biking and right. rock climbing. Well, yeah, climbing and then you've got people that are like i was a 400 meter track runner and like they're all competing with each other in the same sport and beating each other on different things so you're like well you've really got to work out how to get this right because different disciplines all seem to be able to be good at this and i think that's what will be really interesting as we see obviously we've got kids as young as six seven maybe even younger who are training properly now for ocr and i think it's going to be those lot coming through in the next few years that will allow you to start to see that real picture of okay well what training plan actually what type of training led up to a successful athlete at yeah. that and at the minute we're kind of looking at people like say from really varied backgrounds you just don't have that information yet but it'll be interesting to see the kids yeah. coming through <laughs> and kicking our asses <laughs> yeah that's it god, god bless the age group for the old for the older ones yeah, <laughs> yeah there are some people i'm glad will never knock into that five-year bracket with me that i'll <laughs> never have to run against <laughs> So, I mean, do you think OCR will become like a like a real big sport, particularly in this country, in, in years to come? I I would like it to. I think it has its limits. I think it will keep growing. Yeah. I don't think it will get to the Olympics. No. I think Maybe it's, sure, of course. It's it's too varied to be like a solid sport, which mm. is great. Like I wouldn't want to go out and have to run like a football season and every weekend you run these courses over and over again or like the trail running where you every year you've got seven runs you have to do the same course every year like and those are your only races like the beauty of OCR is that there's lots of different people doing it lots of different ways and you can find something new and fun but it is going to limit its growth potential like there's there's only so much money in it there's only so much opportunity in it because of how varied it is and it's also like we love OCR but actually from like minority well and also like have you guys ever sat and tried to watch a like a u.s national series race on youtube like <laughs> yes the yes shaking yeah, yeah. Like, shaking i'm so guilty of that <laughs> like I, I would love to watch it like i'm the sort of person like we watch the crossfit games and i'll sit and watch like the three hour <laughs> swim paddle event that they did this year or the three hour marathon row they did i'm a sucker for that as long as the cameras actually work. Yeah, there's work <laughs> Whereas like there. watching a Spartan racing, sometimes you're like, I'm just watching like Steve Hammond's feet for 20 minutes, <laughs> listening to someone heavy breathe. They've and all better. of a sudden they're at the finish line and this person's won and you haven't even mm -hmm. seen them. And they followed this guy. And like, until they can figure a way to, to televise it, to push it out to people, I think it's limited and I think stadiums are the way to go but then stadiums are very expensive there's mm. <laughs> there's so much it will so be much. the ninja type course it'll yeah. be the hundred meter courses yeah. if anything gets that real publicity I think it will go down that road and yeah. then 
that takes out a lot of the terrain element and things like that. So I think it's a tricky one. Yeah. And I've always said, like, I think, like, OCR for me is has some running in it and Ninja Warrior is the ones that don't have the running in it, mm. and they're, they're different sports to me. Like, I think a, a stadium race, if someone put the money in to develop a stadium series with, like, it was well televised, it would be quite easy to set up. It would be fascinating. It's amazing to watch that sort of thing. And I think if someone could figure that out, it could be an amazing sport and it could really get big. But until that's done, I think it's limited by what it is. Mm. And also, like you say, like we've all said, it's very hard to convince someone when you show up at work on a Monday covered in bruises and you're like, do you want to come do it next time? And they're like, not really. Yeah. Like what happened? I ruined 200 pounds worth of trainers. I ripped my t-shirt open. I've had to take some antibiotics. I've been through some swamp water. Yeah. And I've had to have the day off work because my legs won't work anymore. Like it's not an easy thing to sell to people. I look at the medal. Yeah, Yeah, it's really shiny. But it's also like once you get those people there, if you can sell it to someone and they do it, then they're then trying to sell it to someone else because I don't know anyone like dogs just bombarded us <laughs> don't know anyone that's ever gone to an ocr and gone away going well that was boring i don't know why i did that yeah everyone that doesn't is like when's the next one how do we sign up to another one how can we find <laughs> another one like what else can we do i've got friends that were like oh we've signed up like when we were in asia they were here and they were like oh we've signed up to one because we keep seeing you do it on the internet and like wanted to see what it was and like all the time, when are we doing the next one now? When are we doing the next one? What training should I do? And how should I be doing my running? Like all this sort of stuff that was just... Sorry, guys, if you can hear the background noise of being attacked by a puppy. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's a sport that if you could drag people to, you could show people what it was, it could be big. But I just don't think anyone's going to invest the time and money into that at the moment. So I think cause he, my wife, she's got no intention of ever setting foot on a, an OCR course. Literally no intention. But the few races she's come and just been around the event village that I've done, she's gone, I can actually see just from the atmosphere, she's like, I can see why you, yeah. just even around here, you, you, you can feel the buzz, can't you? Yeah. And that was what we noticed when we did trail pursuit, wasn't it? Just the, the buzz from the... From the event village and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we got from Superhuman this weekend, like last weekend as well. Like, and I think, like, I always feel like a real negative person. Like, I wish OCR could be massive. I wish everyone would give it a go because it should be. But I just don't. I don't think without a lot of time and money invested, it's gonna be. Mm. Watch this space. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That's yeah. Like I say, like, yeah. and like, I think if everyone that likes it keeps talking about how good it is, and like you say, like, you go to those event village, like your wife goes to the village and is like, I might not do a race, but I would now say, yes, it's a fun event. Mm. Like, mm. even if I'm not taking part, it's fun. Like, you can have a beer, you can watch people do some cool stuff. Like, you see everyone having a good time. Like, the potential is definitely there. Just, I think also, like, Spartan doing the kids' races, um, because I, yeah. I, I can't wait to sign Oscar up for his yeah. race next year, and he. So he he loves sort of he's watched the you know the US National Series races on I'll put I'll put them on the TV and he will actually sit there and watch it. Like he doesn't really, you know, the running is like that's boring, but when someone's going through an obstacle, he thinks it's great. That's but then sick. you get him out in the woods, he loves like running around, climbing on stuff. It's, it is like you're a kid. So I think if yeah, you know, the children's stuff, I think it, the more companies that do that that will help it grow yeah. because yeah, and you would like I would do. really exactly and I would really hope that 
like nuclear really good at it spartan are good at it i think tough mother have a little mother um i think if there's gonna be an ocr there needs to be a kids event there too because that's what you want to bring into it like you want to bring that community and that that kind of family spirit into it and there's such a market there especially at the minute like i'm a teacher get the kids outside (laughs) get them off their laptops get them off their ipads like please someone take them to an obstacle course race and i think actually that should be like if we're adults doing it it needs to start with the kids as well and and give them the chance to do what they should be doing anyway Mm. Um, Dan, I have got a couple more questions, but have you got, I'm conscious of, um, you've just been sat there, mate. Have you got any? I was wondering, what's your, I've seen a lot recently about them saying how people say the elites should run the last wave because the course is a lot more muddier and the obstacle is a lot more trickier. What's your views on that then? I know obviously because you get held up with people, but do you think that would be a good idea just to see like have the course have people go through and then have the elites go? Do you want to go to me? If I go first, then you, you can talk from, from a coaching co- point yeah. of view. I, from a sports point of view, I think the elite should go first. They, yeah. they are the people that are like it's not their job at the moment for a lot of them, but for some people that's their job. That's they spend their whole lives training for, and having that clear run of the course. Like the course is not nice. It might be less muddy than it will be after everyone's been through and stuff but well a lot of the time they're trampling down the bushes though yeah actually it's not necessarily yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's what i was gonna say like they have to they have to map out the course for themselves at the end of the day you can see the footpaths everyone's taking you can see the routes but also like it's becomes a really hard thing to do because you're like okay so we have to get everyone off course by this time for the elites then and then what time do you stop waves running and then like a big a big part of the market for obstacles racing is the open races doing it for the first time enjoying it that might take like as long as they need four to. hours yeah. to do a 5k yeah. like there's nothing more humiliating or humbling or more likely to turn someone off an event and then being like come on we've got elite racers that want to come out yeah. and get off the course so like i understand like the idea behind one in the elites to go last when it's muddy and stuff but i think like logistically yeah that like the elites are then the people that are getting up at 4 a.m to eat and warm up and get ready to go out and knock down bushes and run through thorns and find the wet dewy obstacles in the morning and yeah it's not quite as muddy things haven't been trampled down as much but like it, it's always going to be a different race depending on the time of day you get and then the elites go out first the next day often like in the uk the races are always two days so it's not like the elites don't have to run the messed up course because they quite often have to run it on the Sunday first thing. And then it's cold and wet and early and messed up from the day before. And I guess from a performance point of view, from my point, like I wouldn't care. I don't care what the course looks like. I'd run it if it's muddy, run it if it's not muddy. That wouldn't bother me. But in terms of, like you say, like fueling and nutrition, like I train quite hard for this. And actually I want to know that on the day, I do want to be able to go out and give it the best that I can. So like you say, if you could clear the course, that would be a different thing, but it's tricky enough being, not so much here, but in Asia, like racing as an elite woman, you spend quite a lot of your time asking the men in front of you if they will please move out of the way. Mm -hmm. And actually people don't always want to move out of the way. Like you'd be surprised at elite woman, please, can I come through when I'm clearly running at a faster pace than you and you just get stink eye and they carry on on their way. That's tricky. 
if you then combined that with like say open racers who are taking on their first race who don't know the course who aren't familiar with kind of moving to the left and it then becomes a case of it's not a fair race because not only am I possibly not running the best race that I can if the person in front of me gets stuck behind a group of people that's not fair on them either they've not been able to perform the way that they should so if we're going to make it sorry if you can hear the dog he's having a fight with his bed um if we're going to make it a serious sport we need to treat it like that like you'd never be like oh it's football weekend okay so we're gonna let Dave from the pub and his mates come out and play on the pitch first and then you guys can have a go after off you go Arsenal you can you can have your turn now like I think if we want it to be serious we need to treat it that way and I think Dave from the pub would actually have Arsenal at the moment by the way. <laughs> oh, okay I don't know I, I had to really clutch in my no, head that's was, yeah, there are, like football teams football teams football teams <laughs> the other thing I just while Jess was talking there thinking about like logistically if you're so all obscure races, as far as I know, still operate on the goodwill of volunteers getting up very early in the morning to go and marshal obstacles and referee. I don't know anyone anywhere that pays their marshals or referees. Uh, if there is anyone doing that, I'm more than happy to get paid to come and stand at monkey bars for the day. Let me know. <laughs> but like, uh, we'll be first, mate. We'll, if there's a third spot, we'll, uh, we'll give you a heads up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like those people, if they've been stood there from six o'clock in the morning, cheering on open wave cheering on age group helping people supporting people standing in the cold the wet and the mud by the time the elites then go out at five o'clock six o'clock i don't know how like the proposed last wave would work they're going to be knackered they're not going to be paying attention they're going to be possibly making the wrong calls possibly getting into fights with elite races over saying like like missing things like people miss things now when they're the fresh eyes on the course when your brain is exhausted from a day of watching things you're just going to not be able to effectively marshal that course and shy of races paying people to come out and just marshal that last wave you need the fresh excited like ready to go eyes on that first thing one one idea I because this I know why you asked this, this question because it came up on the Facebook forum, didn't it? For like UK OCR yeah, yeah. or Spartan one. Um, one idea I had was that the age group is actually go out first, and then the elites go after the age groups. Now my thinking behind it is I'd like to think if you're going age group, you're kind of going to compete, so you know what you're doing admittedly they're not going to get through as quickly as the elites do but they'd be quicker than the and people doing it for the first time then that allows the elites to go out but you, if you can make it away so that people could watch some of the elites going through some of the obstacles because i'd love to see that some of the you know that's what part of the thing i like about the u.s nationals you get to see your ryan atkins your vj jones literally swinging jumping going through these obstacles like they're nothing i'd love to watch that live like i'd love to watch jesse jumping go through something to see how jesse how would love to watch it. jesse the footage <laughs> yeah. in the uk sucks <laughs> yeah but i think if you could do that then yeah i'm not really too because i think the course is the course you've all got to run it you know yeah. whoever you're if you're going out first the people you're racing against there it's the same course that you've got so whether it's muddy or not it doesn't really bother me it's the same race yeah. i think it'd be nice to help grow the sport to allow people to see the elites yeah. like go through the obstacles mm. that, that was my sort of thinking and i think it. 
I mean, it, it becomes a slight, like you'd have to then obviously still think about kind of numbers and people coming through. But yeah. I think you've got a really valid point in terms of people seeing it. Like one of the things that, and one of the reasons that we've started this athlete development plan is that there's so much of a jump or people feel like there's so much of a jump from open to age group, but then from age group to elite. And actually, like I've been part of the UK OSF mentoring group when we're trying to get more women on the elite start line because it's just so sad like there are no like there was eight of us it was a series race in the midlands the top 10 got cash That's there I were to, only eight girls i said to vicky <laughs> if that happens again my wife i'm like yeah. you're going and you're just walking she could have just walked it yeah, and then just, got herself 20 quid just walk it put a podcast on get your big yeah. jacket and you're walking yeah. boots but it just, just collect hundred quid, yeah. and Take I and race. I get it. I get it entirely. Hence why, like, we're trying to get the word out there. We're trying to do like the mindset side of things. Mm. We will always say to anyone, like, if you've got questions about racing, drop us a message. I'm happy to talk about it because it's just a shame. And I'm sure it happens to an extent in the men's field as well. But there's that fear of of jumping up and not being good enough. And like I felt it a little bit. Like the Spartan, the Midlands race, the first, the Saturday, I came seventh out of eight. But actually it was eight girls who god damn they're fast like i have absolutely no shame in having come seventh out of eighth because i know that every girl that stood in front of me is is a big time athlete in this country but like i get why it seems intense like if you can win your age group or you can podium your age group yeah why are you going to make the jump but actually if we can get the girls and like say come on and get people just watching that happening and actually like it's one thing to watch but also just realize that I'm not doing anything differently to you like we're doing the monkey bars in the same way I, like, I don't have a magic wand I've just put that consistent training in and it is is absolutely possible like god I was 25 kilos heavier and I couldn't run 500 meters like if anyone can can step on that elite start line like god you de- you definitely can do it and I think we really do need to expose it and it is a shame when you set off at 6 30 or seven o'clock in the morning and there's not anyone else in the event village yet and there's still not really anyone there that sees you coming in because the open waves haven't started yet and the age groupers are out on course so I think there's definitely a market for bringing some kind of focus to it but I'm not quite sure how it's done it's It's a a good point yeah Yeah. it's a good one to raise because that's what we found like just going back to superhuman is obviously the freshest one in my mind but on the saturday with the event that went on all day and the athletes had to be there all day so like my first event i had to be there for a briefing at nine my first event was at 10 past 10 and it went on and on and on to like 5 p.m and that day like there was uh, like a gym clothing shop that was busy the whole time there was food stands that were busy the whole time everyone was chatting to each other like it was really like good vibe and the ocr came around the next day people were showing up doing their race going home and like we spoke to the guys that were running the, the clothing shop and they were like hardly anyone has been over because people are just coming in, running, going home. Mm. And I think that's what is a big problem for OCR is that you show up, you're nervous because you know it's going to be hard. You do your event and then quite often you're like, I need a shower. And so I think even like if you put the elites last, would people stick around all day to watch mm. them? If you tried to put them at midday, would they stick? Like it's so hard to do. And like, I haven't got an answer for it. I don't know how to do it, but yeah, like I don't know how to make it so it's more visible to everyone. 
I think good footage here would definitely help. Yeah. Anyone, like you say, Colin, you watch it, we watch it. Anyone that cares about OCR is watching that stream. And actually, I love sitting down to watch the yeah. US races. I think it's brilliant. And I get super excited. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are legit. And then I'm like, wait, I kind of, I'm not that legit, but I'm I'm almost legit. And <laughs> if we brought some focus to it, that would be, it would be cool to watch here yeah. and in Asia as well. But I get it. It's tricky to do. It takes a lot of manpower yeah. and editing. But yeah, there definitely needs to kind of be that that focus and especially like I love Spartan dearly but there's no need to not have a podium at the minute like every other freaking race yeah. is having a podium like we work really hard for that moment and it's yeah. not all about standing on a podium but you know what it's really nice and even if you're not on the podium it's really nice to stand and cheer on the people yeah. that were and it just felt really sad that there were so many age group racers who might have hit their first podium like it was my first podium in the UK it's people who haven't raced in nearly two years like we're buzzing to be back I can go to freaking Tesco's with every man and his dog every other event is having a podium like there just seems no logical reason to not and I just don't get of all the things why that's not come back yet and it just in terms of trying to bring a focus and give people that minute that they've trained really hard for like thinking about from a coaching point of view it's just really sad it's a real shame that yeah. they're not having that opportunity and they're just getting their medal a few weeks later in the post it's just a bit a bit sad I'm hoping to see that back I haven't had mine yet, no, but I imagine it, 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 it's, I think it's on the way. It's <laughs> in, the, in the Spartan post. <laughs> yeah. They work on a different career set. I was going to say, no, I get it. does that come with a customs charge as well, like most of their other stuff? <laughs> oh, I imagine the weight of it probably <laughs> does. Even though the postman's going to be going, you owe me 50 quid, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's my win bonus gone, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Spartan. <laughs> So yeah. just one question I wanted to know is when when they ask you to come onto the pro team, how do they do it? I mean, is it like Harry Potter when the, the owls are coming through to give you your invitation like that? Or is it just like... It's a sorting know, it's... hat, actually, just whispered in my ear. Oh, right. You are Gryffindor. <laughs> um, no, so it is a process. So I actually had an interesting run with Nathan. Who did I run with? Dave, 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 Watson. Dave Watson so Dave Watson kind of heads up Asia um, and I had a run with him and he kind of talked me through the process and it seems to be a few different things uh, this was at least in 2020 2019 2019 so to have joined the pro team in 2019 in Asia which is obviously oh yeah it's for the 2020 season there was for the it? 2020 season I think it was 2020 um, he said that it goes on a couple of different factors so it's obviously performance you're on an elite pro team you obviously then have to commit to racing elite races um but then there's different factors so it's kind of like how much you engage with the community um i think there's a little bit of an aspect of the presence that you've got kind of online and offline um and then kind of how you engage your performance and then what he called the x factor which <laughs> i'm not sure what that translates to but <laughs> apparently i had it so great <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, obviously it depends. It's a lot more, there's a lot more people in England and the UK who obviously would be kind of vying for those spots. So I was really lucky that I got a spot in Singapore and then they yeah. honoured that. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not allowed to call it luck. I was very happy that I got a spot in Singapore after my hard work. Um, and then 
because I was halfway through the year when I moved back, they moved that over to England as to whether that will carry on next year. It's down to be seen. I think they're now adjusting the process. Um, so it's been a little bit different this year because of COVID. So they've actually the kind of requirements in terms of not having other sponsors and stuff that they've kind of dropped, um, which I know had a bit of a bigger impact for some of the top guys in the US, but it didn't impact me in that way. I don't I don't get a salary from Spartan. Um, yeah, so in terms of kind of opportunities, I guess that they look at all of those different factors. They're definitely looking at performance, but then there's other factors that go into it and then they'll reach out um, when they pick their team and then I guess it goes from there. But I think the UK team stayed the same other than me. Um, I don't know whether that was to do with COVID or or how often it changes here. But like I say, I'm just, I feel really grateful that I'm on it at all. So if it carries on next year, then that would be amazing. If not, I get it. There's lots of girls out there who definitely deserve it too. So I guess it just depends how they work it out and what they go with. Um, yeah, I always felt it was like a scene from Harry Potter with the owls coming to deliver some sort of, you know, gold leafed invitation or something like that. <laughs> I love the Did yeah, you have to yeah. fill out a form and apply and then you got an email back? Was it something like that? It was no. not very dramatic or fancy. There oh, okay. was no gold letter. You could have lied and just let me think, you know. Continue. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Owls and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eagles and everything was going on. Your Atlas spot, actually did a dance. Bill turns up on your doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be... I would be all in for that. I like, like Spartan Phil, if, if I get renewed next year, please. <laughs> what's that programme where they go on the different dates and then, like, if they win, the person shows up and if they lose, they just get a Oh, like a takeaway. Yeah, take like a Spartan <laughs> version of that. If you get on the pro team, Spartan Phil shows up and if you don't, you just get a bill for 140 quid for a race. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm all out of questions, Danny. You... Yeah, I just got one more for both yeah. of you. Which one? Which, what's your preferred race distances? Yeah, yeah. Sean's a short stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, while they're not regular sprint, like, but I like, I'm not built to go more than about an hour. I, yeah, I'm a big dude. I like to be done as quick as possible <laughs> on on a race. Like, the less running, the better. Yeah, like five k, preferably yeah. a stadium. But yeah. I tend to like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. So I like a short, like I like a sprint, but I also really like an ultra. So it's yeah. that like when it really hurts for whatever reason, that that's my preferred distance. I tend to be able to hang on the best when, when things get really shitty. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing the ultra this year in Scotland? I am doing the ultra yeah. this year. I think that's the first time I've actually said it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it was oh. such a tough decision. Um, I know that I obviously the series is the sprint on the Sunday. So we and Denard, we had a lot of chats about it. But I think with the way that COVID's played out, like there's been so much disappointment. You've got to take things where they come. So actually, I don't know what's going to happen around the corner. There is obviously the two beast races later down the line, but anything can happen i really love an ultra it seemed like a really long drive to go to spotland for a 5k yeah. <laughs> so i figured while it was on um i'd give it a crack i probably haven't had quite as big of a training block as i should for a 50k uh, jesse was not doing the ultra until about two and a half weeks ago and she was like maybe i can do the ultra really great fun though yeah do it do it, yeah. do it. Well, that's the thing yeah. and like 
yeah you only live once right so I will be I will be doing the ultra if I am all in one piece I will also be giving the sprint a crack the next day (laughs) and then I'll be at this beasts because obviously like I want to have a crack at the series but just I didn't want to miss out on what could possibly be a really awesome race just on the off chance that yeah just in case so yeah I'll be there on the start line (laughs) wish me luck (laughs) I know the um I done the ultra last time in Perth and on the Sunday, the sprint, there, there was only two elite athletes for the females. Really? Uh, one of the age group just jumped in because just going yeah, to the podium. Not? Absolutely. <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know if it's because it is just up in Scotland and it's a lot of traveling for people. So. Yeah, I guess. I think I know a lot of people going down for the sprint because obviously the sprint is the series race yeah. as to who will be there on, on the ultra. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess the ultra is a really unique beast. Like unless you're a weirdo like me <laughs> and you really like running 50k with loads of obstacles yeah. i'm trying to get colin to do it next year yeah colin you've got it yeah. you'd be good at it colin just keep chugging <laughs> <laughs> just gotta keep one foot in front of the other that's yeah, all it is that's it Although no, the I, beast, um, sorry go on no I, I do want to do an ultra like running and obstacle course of is a scratch that i've got to itch so oh, i yeah. do i'd keep on looking at various different ones so no, I will, I, I will do it, mate. You know, you know, I'll do it, do it at some point. Might as well combine the two, mate. Yeah, exactly. that's, it. <laughs> that's it. I would say, in terms of an ultra, like I did two Spartan ultras. I can't imagine just doing that without the obstacles. It was bad enough with the obstacles. Just running fifty k seems <laughs> seems way too much. <laughs> um, what What do you guys do distance wise? What's your preferred distances? I know you're asking us, but I want to know. So. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Dan, do you want to go first? Yeah, one? Uh, for me, it's probably I'd probably say like beast distance. Definitely the okay. the longer. Di- I mean, I'm I can sprint fast, but I couldn't sprint fast. I will keep going, so uh, I would burn myself out pretty quick in a sprint. But long distances, I'm probably better. I can pace myself a lot more. So I think I definitely probably that one. What's cool. the distance in Killy? Um, well, that one obviously it's a five five day trek before okay so it's quite, what a great yeah. way to lead into an ocr yeah i mean trick. we found out one of the the ladies taking part she's actually got the world record for the quickest time running up and down the mountain wow so, you know i was saying to colin you know i've got there's some really high profile people doing it so it's it's going to be quite an experience for me i'm just like a general i'm an electrician you know what I mean? so and then there's cool. these other people that are like world records and wow one chap he's the president of um world ocr so he's okay. like an x games athlete he's got gold medals and x games and stuff like that so, so i think cool. i'm just going to spend all week i think just chatting to these people and yeah. i'll probably forget about the obstacle course at the top <laughs> get out there and be like oh, oh yeah, yeah that's what i'm here yeah for. that's what i come here for <laughs> colin's got me to tap them all up for like guests on future podcasts yeah, yeah that's the way to go. also you've got to get them for all the knowledge they possess yeah. oh yeah <laughs> And Colin, preferred distance? Um, well, I mean, the, the furthest uh, I've ever done obstacle course racing is like the sort of the 10K mark. I've, I haven't done a beast yet. Um, but I like the 10K obstacle course. But then I do like, as you two pretty aware with the race I've done, I do like the long, hurty stuff as well. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to the beast, um, actually. And yeah, I will definitely give an option. I'll give anything a go. Don't really care. 
Nice. Once you've done all three, it'll be interesting to see which one you prefer. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a toss-up between the Super and, and the Beast. Because, yep. um, yeah, similar to Dan, I can I can get a quick pace up, but I can't maintain it for, you know, for any great period of time. So, mm. and I think on on a sprint, if you're doing it competitively, you, you can't make any mistakes if you want to kind of do do well at it. You know, if you... Absolutely, yeah. You know, failing off score and then you're doing burpees. It's you know, even if you're in first, you, it's kind of like well, that's that's God, not gone. We've we've seen races where people have dropped from first to tenth with yeah. a failed obstacle. Like it's crazy the difference it makes. I think that's why I love them so much. Like as much as I joke about it being that like, I don't like going far. Like I always feel like on a beast, you cannot be very good at obstacles. Yeah. And still mm, come yeah. like burpee out. Yeah, still run well mm. and do well. Whereas in a sprint, like you can't do thirty burpees over thirty-five minutes, forty minutes, and still beat people. Like, mm. well, you might be able to. You might be that good, but like realistically, it becomes a real obstacle course race then because you have to hit the obstacles. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, I fully agree with you. I mean, they're all they're all fun for their own different things. But yeah, if I was gonna, if I was going to pick. You know, it would be like just sort of 10k and above that I'd sort of go for. Nice. And um, are you guys going to be in Scotland? No. No. no, no we didn't want you there anyway. The next one. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> have, have a with us. <laughs> I'm just looking for people to talk to while Jess is out running all day on the Saturday. We're actually yeah. really excited about that. We've got quite a lot of our clients are doing the ultra so i mean i'm saying i'm excited i'll be out running anyway until it's done but sean's gonna be i'm on lead but no that should be really fun to see to see their hard work paying off across like such an epic challenge so that'll yeah. be really good yeah so you've got lisa doing that haven't you we've got lisa yeah because yeah, I, got... I, I ran with lisa when i done it last okay. time yeah nice yeah. yeah so we've yeah. got I think five or six people doing it yeah. possibly even more than that now we won't name them just in case they're not happy being named but <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we back them all and we think they're all going to do an amazing job <laughs> but yeah lisa's gonna do a smash it yes and that actually kind of leads us on quite well because we did put obviously a story out for some questions and <laughs> lisa is one of the people that sent one in actually oh <laughs> um so what her question was is um what's your dream race or event that you'd like to do Oh, good question. Uh, I, think I, really... I, I think we'll ask the, actually both the same question. So okay. you know what I mean? So I really want to go and do the Spartan Hawaii race. Yeah. Every time yes. I see people post about it, I'm like, that one looks so good. Um, so once the world's normal again, I think that would be my top out of the country Spartan. Other than that, I'm just in it for a good time. Like if there's a good terrain or there's a good view, I'm just quite keen to turn up and, and have a crack. I'd, I'd like to give a go to the more like mandatory completion kind of higher obstacles like worlds. Mm. I don't know that I'd get very far. Um, my technical work needs work, um, but it would be fun to have a go at that that kind of format. But yeah, I'm, I'm more about kind of picking a, a race based on destination and, and vibes, to be honest. But Hawaii is big up there for me. Um, but my dream race is is TMX, which has been dead in the water for about five years. Yes, that's my perfect race. Um, but like other than that, I any any of the US stadiums, any really big stadium race, I'd love to go and just do. And like just as I don't know what Twickenham was like actually, but the stadiums in the US where you've got the assault bikes and the rowers and the 
all that sort of stuff as well as just the standard Spartan obstacles. I like any of them. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I didn't, you did the trick in a million, Dan, I didn't do it. Yeah, there was none of the stationary um, exercise machines. Yeah. It, it was like the station, I mean, there was a lot of steps again, but because it, it was quite wet as well. So every, yeah. every carry felt heavy. But I mean, I don't know if she is going to go ahead. I hope it does. I'm signed, mm. signed up for it, but mm. I don't know if all these yeah, restrictions so and stuff. Especially with Wales, because I know Collins had a few events in that cancelled round there. So yeah, yeah, different rules. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I, that's why I moved the beast from Wales to the southeast. Um, so I was just like, with it being the end of October, I was thinking back to last year. It's like we were put into lockdown. I was like, I'm just going to mm. move it to the start of October, and then because I just want that trifecta. I've waited two years, so it's it's over two years since I booked these three races. Yeah, yeah I, I just want that trifecta. And you deserve it. Hang in there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll get it. I'll get it. Don't worry. I'll get it. <laughs> uh, and then the other question we got was um, from uh, OCR's uh, RS. Um, it was, uh, what was it that made you want to try and achieve more in racing and competitions? Um, I mean, I'm a hecking competitive person. So <laughs> for me, it was that kind of case of, I always want to know what I'm capable of. I guess that's why I like the ultras as well. It's, I find it fascinating to see at what point like things will quit um, and what will quit first if it's my brain or my body. So I think I was always going to go down the competitive road, wasn't I? I can't help myself. Everything is a com- competition. Like I grew up with my dad, basically. Everything I did <laughs> was a competition. Um, so I was always going to go down that path. And then I guess... It just kind of developed from there. It's a good way to test yourself. And then it kind of extended to helping other people do the same and, and getting people on board and, and helping them kind of see how far they could go and, and what they could achieve. And there's nothing nicer than seeing people who didn't think they were capable of something kind of coming back to us and saying, oh, my God, I did it. It went really well. I loved it. Um, and that, for me, is, is, is as fun as turning up and doing well myself. So that's always been quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me i don't have quite as nice an answer i really like being the fat guy running past the guy with the six pack like, <laughs> Bye. like I, which happens like, more than you yeah, think like from doing the first event and being like oh like lifting weights and looking fit does not button like so like nothing yeah there's just a little bit of satisfaction for me like showing up and being like you're not well trained goodbye yeah. <laughs> your belly up. and then like from a coaching perspective it is just it's so fun to see people do well, like seeing how happy people are when they do well. And like, I would say like that well has nothing to do with being first place, being second place. Like that's them showing up and being like, I did 30 less burpees than I thought I was going to do. I thought it was going to take me three hours to do that sprint. It took me two and a half. I'm fucking pumped on that. Like anything like that is just awesome. Like that's that the reason I do it. Like, mm. yeah. That's great. Um, Okay, so like we said to you before, we, we literally have four questions that we write down before we do these. Obviously, really unorganised. Uh, but we, it's the same four questions we asked to we've asked every guest we've had. So, th- obviously, who who wants to go first? I'll go first because I'll be <laughs> talking first anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, first question is: What is your favourite brand of running gear? Ooh. Is, is this including anything, or are we just talking clothes? 
can be trainers, vests, clothes. Okay, trainers, VJs. Um, in terms of sticky shoes, they're just, they have helped me not fall on my ass more times than I can count. Um, if I was going nutrition, I mean, I've got a shout out to Tailwind. I could not take on any solids at all in Asia. My stomach was too sensitive. So if I hadn't found Tailwind, I wouldn't have got above a 5K. Um, so they'd be the two that I'd recommend. And John, same question to you. Um, my favourite running stuff would, is Nike. Would, yeah, Nike, okay. Yes, like not for obstacle course racing, but like in terms of just running, like if they made a good obstacle course race shoe, that's what I'd race in. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have got those trail shoes out now, but they look really good. I've got make. a pair. Are they any good? No. Okay. <laughs> they, 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 they look weird. Saying, like... <laughs> like I love my Nike shoes. I run all my road runs in Nike. I did the OCR we did in Bristol at the weekend. I did in a pair of Nike road shoes. I love Nike running shoes, but the trail shoes just, they're, they're too heavy. They're not grippy enough, but they will stick a load of mud to them for you <laughs> oh, okay they're good for like not too wet ocrs but they're not great yeah cool well thank you you've, you've saved me over 100 quid now but buying the best tryout so thank you for that Sean's unless not nike gonna sponsor me in which case yeah the best trail shoes yeah <laughs> we'll edit it out we'll edit it out yeah thanks <laughs> uh, okay so the next question um so jesse you're you're stuck on a, a desert island and you can take one piece of exercise equipment with you you can already run what okay. Would that, what would that bit of equipment be? A sandbag. Okay. And one. I want like a. 50 you know, you can just take a bag 60... and just fill it with. Something. Oh, yeah. you're, <laughs> you said, you're literally on an island. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the worst choice possible. <laughs> Fine, a bag that I can fill sand into at my heart's content. No, they're really versatile in terms of training. The things that you could do. Sorry with a sandbag or maybe a kettlebell if now I'm being laughed at for having sandbag on a desert island um but yeah one bit of kit that you can do lots of stuff with heavy carries I can do cleans with it I can drag it along I'm sticking with a sandbag (laughs) what about you Sean I'm gonna take a coconut because we're just taking (laughs) things that are already on the desert island (laughs) now I uh well, yeah, too busy laughing at Jesse to think of that. You can't get anything. Um, I'd probably take a barbell. Or, yeah, just a barbell with some weights. Can I have weights and a barbell? Am I allowed I that? I think that's two things. So, no, there's loads of rocks and that. You could always sort of manufacture something to, to put on it. To be fair, <laughs> your muscle will waste away eventually. The barbell will be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, so, Jesse, uh, what do you normally listen to when, when you run? Oh, um, if I'm listening to music, it's a horrible mix of pop punk, R&B and stuff from the 90s. I don't think I've listened to a recent song in like the last 20 years. You say this so. all the time. You listen to so much recent Not... music. Oh, will you shut up? <laughs> it's my question. Shut your mouth. Um, although recently I've downloaded Audible um, yeah. and I don't know whether you use it. Yeah, well, they've yeah. just added like a ton of free books. So I've been listening to all kinds of either running books or just random kind of true crime type stuff um i like to just be able to switch off nothing that i don't have to concentrate too much on so yeah at the minute random true crime books are in my ears <laughs> let me know because um i don't know if i can do it but there's a book that i listen to on there which wicked really okay. good book um, oh, perfect. if i can I, I might not be able to because i might have used you can normally gift it to one 
you can like do okay. one book as a gift. I think I might have done mine, but I can if definitely not, I'll let you know. access it anyway. Yeah, I'll let you know what it is and see if you fancy it. But I love it. Um, then Sean, what do you listen to when you when you go for a run? Um, he doesn't run. <laughs> yeah, I try and avoid running. Fair enough. Uh, I've like I've got a playlist on Spotify that I run to. It's a mixture of, of various things, um, from really embarrassing like cheesy pop music to like fairly heavy stuff. Um, I, I always always start my run now with um, a song called "Hollywood Sucks" by Kenny Hoopla. <laughs> Just it's like a great pump up track. It's, okay. it's really good. Yeah. Cool. Okay, then the, the, the last question. Uh, so, Jesse, what one bit of advice would you give to a new runner? Ooh, give it a go. Don't be afraid of just getting stuck in. Um, no one is judging you. Everyone is too busy being nervous about their own performance to look at yours um, and reach out to other people. So, like I say, we're always happy to talk anything OCR. Feel free to drop us a message um and yeah just get stuck in don't be held back by the ifs and the what's and and let that stop you from doing stuff just go give it a crack <laughs> atlas agrees <laughs> and uh yeah you might find that you found something that really changes your life which is what it did for us mm. that's me <laughs> then john what, what would your bit of advice be uh, get a coach yeah but like genuinely like i like and i'd give it to someone that's been running for 10 years without a coach as well like just speak to someone that knows more than you do like, yeah. like a lot of the no no <laughs> a lot of the people i coach are coaches like a lot of people i coach work in the fitness industry because they need someone else to tell them what to do for themselves mm -hmm. rather than like i i should probably have a coach but i just don't because i'm lazy um <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I'd always say get a coach. And even if that coach is someone that does a 45-minute video call of you just to talk about how to run, just speak to someone that knows more than you do. There's always someone that knows more than you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's really it for our question. Have you got anything for, you want to ask, ask us? Perfect. Ooh. Not at the minute. I will think of some. I'm going to have to drop you a DM when it comes to me in the middle of the night. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, cool. Okay. So, are you guys both? Are you saying at Southeast is your next race? Uh, yeah. But I'm on. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's, yeah, yeah. it's my next yes. race now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll see you there. Yeah. In human form. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm still really like a kid at Christmas. It's like I've spoken to so many people on the internet for the last year and a half and not met yeah. anyone. So yeah, yeah, everything's like yes. It was nice in Midlands, just sort of bumping into people you kind of have been speaking to, like on Instagram for like yeah. 18 months and actually like just having a chat with them face to face yeah yeah and that never gets old that's my favorite part of being down there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's how I say I missed Midlands and I was a little bit jealous that everyone was having a nice time <laughs> well you were at a festival so I'm sure you had a I nice was at a festival, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. at the time I was not thinking about missing the race <laughs> yeah exactly in hindsight I was like oh, the everyone... difference is Sean doesn't have any memories from his weekend <laughs> uh, so it was a good weekend then Yes, I think hope. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where where can people sort of find you guys? You know, if they you know, you know give you a, a follow and stuff like that. Yeah, so we are Team and Atlas. OCR and Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> he has his own Instagram because yeah. that's who we are. We're those kind of people. <laughs> but yeah, no. So Instagram and Facebook. If you just type in Team Grit OCR, we'll pop straight up. We have a website as well, which has got our blogs on. It's got our training programs. It's got information on 
the coaching that we offer. Um, but yeah, like I say, we are always super happy to help. We probably share far more than we should. Um, we're always happy to talk you through um, what you're up to or if you've got kit that you want to talk through or you just generally want someone to kind of cheer you on. Um, I've got someone who I'm keeping accountable at the minute. She doesn't train with us, but she just needed a buddy. So I just check in every now and then and see how she's doing. Um, we just really want to kind of keep building the community. So we're on Facebook, on Instagram, we've got our website. Um, and then I'm Smiley Spartan Racer, if you want to speak to me directly. And you are... Uh, what's my Instagram? Yeah, I've changed my Silverback Instagram. Silverback Sean? Yeah. Your best bet is the Team Grit one. I, I don't use my Instagram as much as I should. Um, yeah. I, I've like not even made it through my five-event recap <laughs> from this weekend over seven days, which has gone terribly. You'll be happy to know that I run the Team Grit Instagram. So if, if you do want to reach out, drop us a yeah. message on there. I'm, I'm on it pretty much every day. But yeah, please do. If you're thinking, should I or shouldn't I, always drop us a message because yeah. we'll have to help. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll second that. You guys have always been really helpful. And or before I even started coaching with you, to support, support you. So yeah, I'll definitely, definitely second that. Yeah. the other place to find us is scotland ultra i'll be the big guy running around after people <laughs> and then really the lonely for like yeah. three hours when everyone is on course doing, doing all the crew and stuff and everything yeah so i'm going to be really busy from like 6 a.m till 7 and then once everyone's on course i'm going to just stand there for like three hours like and then everyone's going to come into transition i'm going to be really busy again and i'm going to stand there for like three hours well Bit of advice, I'd, I'd bring a couple of camping chairs to begin with, then, so at least you can sit down and put your feet up. Good job. Probably going to set myself up a gazebo and all sorts. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's it. Bluetooth oh, speakers okay. to get some tunes on. Hey, it's been so great to chat with you both. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on. No, thank you for coming yeah, on. Thanks for coming on, guys. And before we end, I just want to say thank you to everyone who signed up for our September challenge as well, because uh, obviously all the, you know, all the profits from it will all be going to young lives versus cancer so we'll help them you know continue the good work they're doing so thank you to everyone who's signed up to that perfect we'll, we'll get that on the team group page as well colin i'll share that out for you oh nice one cheers thank you cool great well thanks a lot guys and speak to you later awesome cheers guys bye